Good morning. It is so good to see you guys here this morning. Welcome, welcome. Go ahead and find a seat. Today is family praise and worship, so the kids are going to be out here with us. It is a great time to show your children what worship really is. Amen? Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Oh 
worship you. You're working, 
Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. You 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 never stop, you never stop. You are way maker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, moving in our you one more time you are here working in this place we worship you we worship you believe it believe it Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my The king of my heart, be the wind and 
inside my sails The anchor in the waves Oh, he is my song Let the king of my heart Be the fire inside my veins The echo of my days Oh, he is my song You are good, you're good You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. turn to a neighbor and say he's never gonna let you down declare that over them he will never let you down amen hallelujah to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones, and I 
try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, vagabond. And just when I ran out of the road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. You pick me up, you turn me around, you place my feet on solid ground. I think the master, I think the savior, because you heal my heart, you change my name. I think 
I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one and I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one and I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one and I am free. I am free. I am free. Believe it, church. Believe it. You know, the Bible says that there is room for us all in heaven, but he expands hell because he doesn't want us there. So he didn't make it big enough for everybody. It's a size. And then as people pass away and they don't, they're not saved, they go there. But God has room for you in heaven always. Amen. Amen. Well, we are so glad to have you here today. If you're new, we would love for you to grab one of these connect cards off the back table and just give it to an usher so we can get to know you. Um, grab your phones out and check in if you haven't already on Facebook. Go around and greet your family of faith this morning. Oh, also, kids are free to go back to Children's Church. Can you get me there? Is that my...
Envelope, one of the, our incredible ushers will help you out and wave your hand around. And uh, we thank you for your giving. And um, as we were singing that one song, we know God is good, amen? amen. And God is our provider, and, and, and uh, um, our giving is just, and we say this all the time, it's part of our worship is simply a response to the goodness of God. And how many of y'all can count your blessings? And here's, here's the thing. How many of y'all have ever been in a tough time financially? But how many of y'all know in the middle of that you still can count the blessings of God? You know what I'm saying? Never, never stop counting your blessings even when it gets hard. Because God, how many know God will bring you through? Amen? All right. So I'm going to pray over it, and you can bring it on down this morning. And by the way, I want to tell you something cool. Um, uh, just part of giving somebody in our church anonymously donated the money to buy new chairs for our new building. Isn't that cool? So thank you so much. So when we leave, we're leaving the chairs. And, and, we, and uh, by the way, if, if you promise to stay awake, the, the chairs we bought have four-inch padding on them. So it's going to be. But if you guys start to sleep when I'm talking, we're getting these back. I'm just telling you. Either, either that or I'll keep a squirt gun up here. You fall asleep, up, you know. Something like that. Anyways, let me, let me pray. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come to your house and be able to give today because of your goodness. And we thank you, Lord, for all your provision in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that you are always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And you're always our provider. And we thank you for that. So we give in faith today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have something to give, bring it on down today. And as you are doing that, don't forget... Uh, church-wide prayer every Monday from 6 to 7. Samara, I think they're back with the kids. That's still happening, right? Guys, I don't make it much, but um, pretty soon. Uh, pretty soon we'll actually start doing our prayer over at the new building, kind of lead our way in there. So uh, Mondays from 6 to 7. There we go. All right. Um, don't forget, if you want to be part of the women's small groups that are starting really soon, get your name signed up on the uh, sheet at the back table, and we're going to pull that sign-up sheet in the next service or two and uh, start rolling down the road with that. So if you have questions about that, you can see Margo. Uh, don't forget, if you're a, a young person, 5th to 12th grade, a parent of a 5th to 12th grader, we have a youth uh, get-together March 21st after church, so it's like one month from today. And Pastor Tim from... Uh, only believe it at Botkins he's coming over uh, to share with them and, and uh, he promised to take us out to eat so I told him where you picked uh, Elijah I told him where you picked and he was like oh okay we'll, we'll do that but he's encouraging all the young people to bring a friend that doesn't go to church here and then that day after church we'll take him out to eat and have a good time but then he'll share with them a little bit so it'll be good so that's March 21st after church and don't forget next Sunday after church there hasn't been any sign-ups yet but uh, I'll check today next Sunday after church if you want to become a member of Only Believe at Urbana next steps is happening right after church next Sunday it'll take, it'll take a little while if you sign up uh, we'll bring some food in we just want to spend time with you and share the vision of the church and, and, and talk about what it means to be a member at our church or if you've been here for forever 
but you want to see what that's all about, you can come to that too. So just please be sure either today or this Wednesday to sign up. That way we know uh, we have to prepare for it. But if nobody's signed up, then we'll just announce it again next month. And every month we're going to offer uh, membership to the church here. So if you have questions about that, you can see me afterwards. And the uh, one more announcement is uh, uh, I got some papers here. Oh, you've been giving them out. Okay. Well, what this is is... This coming Wednesday marks uh, 40 days till Easter. Can you believe that already? And all this is is a very simple uh, scripture reading guide for 40 days of remembrance leading to Easter. So it gives you, should I tackle them from the stage, Nathan? We'll just, we'll just, there we go. All right, I love it. So um, uh, this is a, a daily scripture reading to focus in leading into Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, Easter. So uh, how many know that, that without the death and resurrection of Jesus, your faith is in vain? We, we believe for nothing, right? So it's important when we hit these times, we call it on the church calendar. So you have, you have uh, Advent, Christmas, and you have um, Good Friday and, and uh, Resurrection Sunday, then followed uh, with, with Pentecost, uh, Sunday, and all, the, all these different days that we mark on the church calendar. The reason we mark them because they're very important focus points to our faith, right? So I, I'm assuming, I'm going to make a giant assumption right here. I'm assuming y'all read your Bible. Yes. Yes. That's just an assumption I have. If not, let me encourage you. But this is a great way to get you started. Okay, so, if you, so this is just a simple uh, scripture reading. What it does is then Every, I think it starts on Thursday, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it, it has each of the uh, gospel stories of, of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so it's a focus point leading into Easter. So take that home. We'll put them on the back table. If you happen to lose it or something, we'll have more for you. But this is just something to help you out, give you a little tool to do something. Having said that, then that means if we're 40 days from Easter, that means we're 40 days from having our services in our new building. So... That's pretty wild. Now, if you've been over there helping y'all, then you know that's a little scary because we have a lot to do. But anyways, uh, but we're making progress. People have been working so hard, a lot, of, a lot of skill coming in and helping out, which I'm super grateful for. So having said that, when we're finished with service today, uh, it, um, before you head out, we'll just kind of give you a timeline of some things that are happening in the building this week if you want to come over and help out, and we'll kind of give an oversight of what's going on. So we are planning on a work day next Saturday. Um, but there will be some things going on weeknights uh, this week. So we'll talk about that when church is over if you want to uh, keep on helping out. So keep praying uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's coming together, right? And I think we're pretty pleased with the progress and how it's looking, correct? Yeah. I really don't have a say. It's really, I, I'm really saying, Margo, are you pleased? And the ladies, are you pleased when you see it? Because my opinion doesn't matter. So anyhow, but they say it's, it's going. By the way, they were working on cabinets yesterday, so the cabinets are ready to be put back together and all that stuff. So a lot of good stuff. Anyways, all right, get your Bibles out if you have it today. Um, we're going to head to uh, Matthew chapter number 4 and verse number 12. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. And uh, we're picking up uh, the Gospel of Matthew, the, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. So John the Baptist had come, and uh, John the Baptist, as we know scripturally, he was the forerunner of Jesus to, to prepare a way for him, as scripture says. And, and John the Baptist preached repentance 
and he baptized for repentance, right? And you know the story about him. And so it's in the context of the Old Testament idea of repentance. And, um, but he was the forerunner of Jesus. So, so Jesus, and we pick him up in the gospel. So Jesus is baptized by John, right? And uh, by the way, if, if, if the baptism that John the Baptist was doing was a baptism of repentance, why did Jesus have himself baptized if he was sinless? You ever think about that? He did so to identify himself with sinful humanity. He was sinless, but he identified with sinful humanity, and it was his way of kicking off his ministry that led to the cross where he took humanity's sin to the cross with him, right? So he, he's baptized by John, and then, then he's out in the wilderness. Remember, and then he becomes uh, tempted by the devil. And the devil comes and tempts him. He wards off Satan with, with the use of Scripture. But the temptations of, of the enemy were ultimately ways to bypass the, the way the kingdom of God needed to be set up and give easier pass to what Jesus was trying to accomplish. So the devil knew enough to know that if I can get him to do this another way, ultimately I still win. Yes. Right? So the temptations were leading that way. But... Jesus comes back from the temptation. He, he's in the power of the Spirit. So Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 12, we're going to pick up there. Let me find it. There we go. It says, now when he had heard that John had been arrested, John the Baptist, he withdrew to Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived by Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So it was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. And, of course, Isaiah chapter 9 contains this. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And that's Jesus. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So, amen. We are in the shadow of death without Jesus. Right? And he is the light in that shadow to bring true life. But watch what happens here, verse 17. And from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So some of the first words of the ministry of Jesus that inaugurated the kingdom of God was the word repent. Now, let me, let me talk to you about the kingdom of God real quick. So when you see in the Bible the phrase the kingdom of God or even the kingdom of heaven, they're interchangeable. They're the same thing. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Remember when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name or holy is your name. Then what does it say? Your kingdom come, your will be done where? On earth. As it is where? In heaven. Okay. What is the ministry of Jesus? The ministry of Jesus is inaugurating the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, bringing it where? On earth. From where? Heaven. He's bringing it. Yeah. Do you realize that our goal as Christians right now is, is not trying to get out of here so fast? That's going to happen. But our purpose as Christians in this world is to do what? Bring the kingdom here, right? So what is the kingdom of God? Let's talk about that for a second. We'll, we'll get into the kingdom of God more in weeks to come. Eventually, I, I want to do a series on the parables of the kingdom of God, which is some of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture, the, the parables of Jesus. 
But the kingdom of God is a kingdom not of this world, but it is invading this world. A world of darkness, now a kingdom of light is coming. Amen. And Jesus brings it. And it's a kingdom that seeks a place in this world, a foothold in this world, but not geographically as we see in the Old Testament, you know, like promised land, but it's everywhere. It's not just for a, a specific ethnicity of people, the Israelites, right? It's for everybody. So the kingdom of God is not just located in a single geographical place with a single group of people, but it is everywhere to whoever would believe. So, so the, the path of the Old Testament was leading to Jesus, right, through specific places, specific people. But then when Jesus comes, he blows it open for everybody, yes. right? So it's a kingdom not of this world, gaining a foothold in this world. And it's a kingdom that crosses all boundaries of ethnicity, ethnicity and geography. But what is the kingdom? The kingdom of God, if you want to put it this way, it is the government of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, think about it that way. Or the rule and reign of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. So you think about man in the garden, Adam and Eve. The government and the rule of God was perfect in its application on this earth. Then man did what? Sin and just wrecked it. And now this, this world, if you want to think about it this way, the world that was full of light now became a world of darkness because of sin. And sin begins, begins its work of decaying and destroying and stealing life. And this, this whole story of redemption starts with God calling Abram. And this whole story of, of, of bringing a people out as his own, that again, it leads to Jesus, right? And then Jesus is then the one who blows it open for everybody. So why the long story? We don't know. But it was God's plan. So the reign and rule of God that was lost on this earth because of sin is now coming back again. That's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is another way of saying the redemptive work of God on the earth. The kingdom of God is how God saves, how God renews, and how God restores. That, that's a definition for the kingdom of God. And, and amazingly, it is a kingdom that is now and not yet. You know what I mean by that? We see, we see it in, in application now, and, and, and it ebbs and flows and fits and starts, but we know when Jesus comes again, it's coming in finality. So we have it now, but it's not all the way there, but it's going to come in finality. So it's like the parable, remember, the yeast working through the dough. But then someday Jesus is going to come and bake the bread. It's going to be done, right? The yeast right now is being worked through the dough. It's on the earth. It's being worked through, right? But it's not done yet. But someday it's actually going to come in finality. That's the kingdom. You enter the kingdom of God by salvation. Yes. You are now a citizen yes. of the kingdom of God, right? Does that make sense? So when you're saved, now I am a part of this kingdom, a kingdom that is not seen, but it's within you. A kingdom you can't necessarily locate geographically, but it's everywhere. A kingdom not just for a certain people, but it's everybody. So you enter into this kingdom because you are saved. But it's kind of like when you live in America, this great country, there's rules and, and laws and regulations we got to live by as an American citizen, right? Same thing for the kingdom. 
Now there's a way to live as a citizen of this kingdom on this earth. And this kingdom supersedes and transcends everything else, right? So the kingdom is not teaching us to conquer the world or escape the world, but be a part of the mending of the world. Again, we're try not trying to get out of here, but be a part of bringing it here. So this idea of being part of the kingdom of God is you got to rethink your life entirely on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Every part of your being, you got to rethink it based on Jesus and what it means to be a citizen of his kingdom on this earth. But that brings it back to the word repent. You know, that word repent, um, I grew up in, in uh, uh, an Assemblies of God church, Pentecostal church, and there was nothing short of the fire and brimstone preaching. How many know what I'm talking about? And it's good in its application, I guess, but sometimes that word repent, man, it can it be associated with the fire and brimstone. You turn or burn, you got to repent, you know, and just, just kind of jumping down people's throats about it. And sometimes the word repent in our minds carries a negative connotation because it's often associated with just people yelling, so you got to repent, you got to repent, or you're going to go to hell, and they're just yelling this stuff. Let me rework this word repent with you today, if that's what you think. The word repent actually means come to new life. And there's ultimate truth in this whole turn or burn thing, but the fact is repentance means it equals when you walk into it, it means new life. Because how you enter the kingdom of God is by repentance. And it's important to know this because Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. If you want to jump back one verse for me, Justice. If you would, verse 17. Repent for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, in other words, is here. Amen. Jesus is already in the process of ruling this world. Yes. It's not just going to happen when he comes later. The reason we should repent is because the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. He, he kicked it off. The game's going. And our repentance is our response to the fact that the kingdom of God is here. Okay. So the reason that there's the need for repentance is because we know of, of, of sin. Sin, missing the mark. Uh, sin, uh, uh, the mark of, of, of the holiness and the integrity of God, right? Don't, don't ever in your mind get soft on sin. Because God is not. Don't ever get used to sin. When you know sin is sin, it's sin. Right? When the first words of the ministry of Jesus start with the word repent, that's important because repentance has to do with sin. And, and as much as we want to live in this idea of, of a graceful God, and he is. I mean, know that. As much as we want to uh, teach and, and live in the fact that God is patient, I mean, know he is. Don't use his grace and his patience as an excuse to stay in sin. Yeah, amen. Because the first words of the kingdom is repent. Yes, right. right? So sin is the problem. Repentance through the grace of Jesus is the solution. And it is, it is the entrance and the working of the kingdom. You should live in a spirit, if you want to put it this way, a spirit of repentance. 
in your life. Yeah. Remember David? Uh, he, he said the, 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 in the psalm that he wrote, uh, search me and know me and find any offensive way in me so I can be, lead me in the way everlasting. Remember he wrote that after he got called out by Nathan because of the whole Bathsheba thing? Right? He was in sin. And it's a deeper sin he probably thinks because probably Bathsheba didn't have a choice in it. And that's a whole other story. He was in sin. The prophet calls him out, right? But because of the grace of God, he's able to repent and get back in his place of being led in the way everlasting. So, so the word repent. Is, is in the Old Testament context, by the way, the word repent really means to return to a dependence upon God. In other words, we quit trying to live life without him. Because when you live life your own way, you're in sin. Think about this. A Christian is not somebody who just believes in God. Right? But a Christian is somebody who believes, and because of their belief, they repent, and that means there's life change. Yes. Right? Yes. It's not just about having right ideas about God, but it's how does those beliefs and right ideas about God affect your life? That's the kingdom of God. So repentance is, is returning to a dependence upon God. Uh, re- the word repent has uh, some connotations of changing your mind. It carries a connotation of, of, of regret and remorse for your sin. But repentance is not just a feeling. It's not just a mind change, though, though it can be those things. But repentance is a turning around. It's a complete alteration of the basic motivation and direction of your life. Right? In other words, you've got to start to rethink your entire life based on Jesus Christ. By what you know from the scriptures and what you led in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That I believe, I repent, and my life, now the basic motivation and direction of my life begins to change. And it happens through the help of the Holy Spirit, right? But here's a problem. Well, let me just say this first. So repentance is the avenue of forgiveness, right? In our repentance, we're forgiven. In our forgiveness, healing begins. In healing, we find freedom, and in freedom, we find abundant life. Repentance is the long line to abundant life. That's why the word repent is a call to new life. It's not a, a negative, harsh word. It is a word that opens the world of a new life, of abundant life to you in him. Amen. And it's a call. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You must respond to what Jesus is saying. But here's the problem. Let's just talk about this for a minute. We often repent for sin that we have no intention of changing. Let's just be honest. We often do things or find ourselves in things that uh, we know are wrong, and we repent. We, we, we have guilt. We, we repent. But man, we like that thing. 
because it feels good, satisfaction, or it's just such an ingrained part of our life, whatever. We often find ourselves repenting, but not changing, repenting and not changing, repenting and not changing. Because remember, repentance is to change the motivation and direction of my life. It's not repenting and staying the same. So you can ask for forgiveness, but not really repent. How many of you see what I'm getting at? Repent. Change your life. Because the kingdom of God is here. Because there's consequence for sin. The wage of sin is death. Right? We've got to get out of a cycle of repenting for things that we really don't have the intention of changing. Or what happens sometimes is I, I do know there are people that, that they repent for things they want to change, but they find it hard to change. But the good news is this is that the Holy Spirit is there to help you if you will lean on him. And he can see the process of true repentance happening in your life. Right? You know, there's an author. um, Oh, by the way, let's just throw this out. Gray areas. You got to work that out with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm not even going to bring up, but I think some of you maybe think some things. But I would just say this. If, if there is something, a gray area, in, that, that you're just wondering whether or not it's sin, but you fight so hard to keep it, watch what your motivations are. You see what I'm saying? Remember, the Bible says there's a whole lot of stuff that's permissible but not necessarily beneficial. I, I, w- I would be, if, if you feel like there's something that, that it, it's, it gets to the line, don't play with the line. It's not worth it. Amen. I would seek holiness, not dancing on a fence post. You know what I'm saying? But that's up to you. I, I'm not going to preach my convictions because that's not what I'm here for. And we shouldn't argue about our convictions. We can talk about it, right? But you've got to work that stuff out with the Holy Spirit. Wrestle with God with that stuff. The good news, you're with him, Right? And he, he will show you what to do. But will you obey when he shows you what to do? Because the moment he shows you what to do and you don't, you're in sin. Does that make sense? So anyways, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, do you guys know who he is? If you don't, check him out. He, he, he's a, a, a theologian uh, in Germany uh, in his prime was leading into the uh, outbreak of, of, of the Nazi Germany in, in uh, taking over in the government, then, the, then World War II. Uh, Bonhoeffer was one of the last groups of people that the Nazis executed uh, before the war was over. Uh, he was in the resistance. Um, at one time he came, uh, he left Germany, but right in the thick of it, he went back and he was a part of resistance of, of churches uh, pushing back against the, 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 the Nazi leadership in Germany because uh, if, if you just read some history, um, one of the reasons that Nazi Germany did what it did because a lot of the churches got on board. But there was a resistance, all right? So anyways, he, he's, a, he's a great theologian. He wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. So if you want to dig in and, and eat something, get that book and read it. Cost of Discipleship, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, but in that book, he talks about cheap grace. Cheap grace is wanting grace with no cost. 
it's wanting all God, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, give me, God, do this for me and all this different stuff, but no discipleship with it. It is, it is grace without picking up your cross daily and following Jesus. In other words, I'm asking for forgiveness all the time, but there's no, because you know what? What does it cost you? We always say that salvation is free, true. Grace is free, true, but doesn't he call you to follow him? So the cost of, of grace is you. Because when you pick up your cross daily and follow him, remember what Jesus said? If you want to gain life, what do you got to do? Lose yours. And when you lose your life, you gain his life. <laughs> so we got to get out of this legalistic idea where uh, when you hear people preach about sin or tell you you got to repent, oh, that's just legalism. No, it's the avenue to true life. Right? Because where there is sin, there's darkness and death, and the wage of sin is death. Where there is forgiveness and repentance and life change, there is new life, abundant life. But you can't expect all the grace, but then no change. That's cheap grace. Bonhoeffer says in that book that, that when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come die. That's true discipleship. That, that is grace receiving it with cost you. Repentance is ultimately, at the end of the day, dying to yourself because your life is going to get on a new path. Amen. Because what happens is when you repent, you're in the kingdom. But like we said, now, now there's a whole way of living in this kingdom. What, what, what agitates Americans? Americans get agitated when people claim to be a citizen but don't follow the laws and live, and live how they want, right? And just do whatever they want. They don't live by uh, what it means to be a productive citizen or a society and how we go about it, American vow, right? We claim to be citizens of the kingdom of God, but we don't act like we don't live by it. We're not a productive member of that society, so when you're in the kingdom, there is a way to live. And how you begin to get on that road is repentance. So you are justified by grace alone. Amen. And we know that. Let's, let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. You guys know this verse, unless, unless you're new. I'm going to throw this up there just, just to make sure you get what I'm talking about. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You believe, right? Yes. It is not your own doing, it's the gift of God. Again, amen. Not the results of works so no one can boast. Let me just reset this. You can't earn the grace of God. Let's just make, make this abundantly clear to you. You can't do enough things to, to, to overcome your own sin. You can't save yourself, Right? But we activate this 1 John 1, 9, again, a familiar verse. 1 John 1, 9. And this is about asking for, for forgiveness. If we confess our sins, that's the, that's the first step of repentance. We, repentance. we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us for all unrighteousness. So when you do that act... You are justified, church word, justified. That's a legal term. From this point, my entire past behind me is, is, is made right. Amen? So I'm justified before God. 
Now I must live forward what? What's the other church word? Sanctified. Now my life must be sanctified to him. That's living in the kingdom. That's living by your repentance, right? So what repentance does is an act of faith that opens up the possibility to continue to live by faith. It's an act of faith that I believe in God, and I believe if I ask for the forgiveness of my sins, he responds. He is faithful and just to forgive me, right? I'm justified. But it now opens up the opportunity to live by faith in him in the future, right? That living by faith in him in the future allows my repentance to take root and my life to be changed. And here's what I found in a lot of years of pastoring people. I, I know some people, there's certain things in their life, man, boom, it's gone. Amen. Good for them. Now, I've been around some people, boom, and it's a process. And they work and they fight. It's the fight of their life, and it's a constant. And the devil just, and it's telling you, it's just a fight. Both applications are going to live by faith, and one's not necessarily better than the other, right? Because in both of them, God is doing his work. But repentance is staying on that. You can't earn God's forgiveness, but once he forgives you, he will work with you to stay on the course of what forgiveness gave you. That's living in the kingdom. That's life being remade. That, that is the, the reign and rule of God on earth as is in heaven, and where is it? Within you. Yes. Right? And, and here's the amazing thing. Then, then it starts to swirl around you a little bit. And it's not just something you keep, but all of a sudden now you're participating in healing the world with him. And, and, and this whole thing of being a light of the world and all this different stuff. But we've got to come to this place where as believers in Jesus, don't just believe but live in repentance. Because sin will take you back to death if you're not careful. It will take you out of the citizenship of the kingdom if you're not careful. Right? We've got to stay in repentance. So, confession, but then obedience. So repentance says, I'm going to live my life on the terms of Jesus and not my own. I'm going to follow him. So cheap grace, Bonhoeffer, wanting forgiveness but no life change. True repentance is wanting forgiveness because you need it. But then with the Holy Spirit, now my life begins to change. Sometimes it, it, sometimes it ebbs and flows. Flows, it's like you feel like boom, boom, things are moving. All of a sudden, it catches. And just, oh. now, now, now instead of it being a down, now, now you're on the uphill a little bit. And, and you're working. And you're praying through things. And you're fighting the, the fight of faith, right? And there's a certain struggle that maybe you're getting people to pray with you about it. And, 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 and talking maybe to your spouse about stuff. And you're working through things. But with the Holy Spirit, God will get you there. Amen. There is no dark place too dark that repentance in the work of the Holy Spirit cannot bring true abundant life. I believe that. And what's happening to you? In your personal life, the yeast is working through the dough. Yeah, how many of y'all ever make bread and you need the yeast? I do. At the holidays, there's, there's a, a recipe that my family makes, and I make it this year. But anyway, usually it's pretty good. It didn't rise this year for some reason. But anyways, uh, and, and for, it says on the recipe, eight to ten minutes need the dough. And you're, just, you're just working it. 
and you're flipping it over and punching it through, and then, then you and punch it, and, and you're working it through. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life with the kingdom. He's working the yeast through the dough because you're saved, right? Yes. But that yeast working through you like you're being saved. Then Jesus is going to come back and bake your bread, and you're going to be saved, right? And it's going to be done. But see, it's the work of your heart, even though you're not perfect. Here's the thing. If Jesus comes back right now and you're struggling, it's okay. But you're struggling yes. forward. Yes. You're struggling. And he sees it. He knows it. He sees the yeast working its way through. That's repentance working its work. Right? When he comes and he's going to bring the finality and there's our reward. So just a reminder, don't be soft on sin. Repent and mean it. Then get on the road to obedience and whatever that entails, whatever is needed, and certainly the Holy Spirit. Prayer, scripture, let him work. And it's the flourishing of the kingdom of God will happen. So the kingdom of God, you know, I, I think maybe next week we'll talk more about the kingdom because now I'm going to open a can of worms and I'm going to want to preach it for the rest of the year. But anyways, we'll talk a little bit about the kingdom next week. Uh, the kingdom is like the wedding at Cana when Jesus turns the water into wine and keeps the party going. I want to talk about that next week. It, it, it is a time, the kingdom of God is, 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 is a lot of tears because of, of, of change. How many ever been brought to tears by the work of Jesus in your life? Oh, yeah. But, but it's also the time of dancing and joy and celebration because of what God is doing, right? We'll talk about that more next week. So, are you constantly rethinking your life based on the revelation of Jesus Christ? Are you living in a spirit of repentance? You know? That's important. So, in other words, are you actively an active member of the kingdom of God? Not just believing, but, but life. Amen. That's where we need to be. Amen? By the way, what, what is the outward sign of repentance? Water baptism, one of the two great sacraments, right? If you've never been water baptized, by the way, we've been putting this up. We want to do so. If somebody reminds me, we'll put a sign-up sheet out next Sunday, and we'll figure it out. We'll melt some snow. I don't know. We'll do something. But <laughs> we'll do some baptism. We'll figure it out. But if you've never been water baptized, I want to encourage you to do so. All right? It, it is an outward confession to people that you've made the commitment. Oh, man. I've repented, forgiveness, psh, new man comes back out. Amen? So we want to take care of that if you haven't. Anyway, so we're going to take up communion now. So if, if you got your, um, I, I've been asked, when can we stop using these things soon and very soon? <laughs> I'm with you, believe me. But thank goodness for these things, amen. Thank goodness for them. And you want to get that wafer out and uh, op open up your, your cup. And by the way, when I'm done, uh, I, I do want to talk about some buildings. But I want to pray for some people. So if you'll have a little patience, is that okay? We're exactly at our normal closing time, but I do want to pray for some people today. But it's going to get elements of, of, of our communion. The kingdom of God and the inauguration of the kingdom of God, the ministry of Jesus, led to this. 
because it is by this the final sacrifice that we are forgiven in him. There could be no repentance, nor the living in the kingdom of God, nor the abundant life of the kingdom of God without this. This is the key to the whole thing. This is, this is listen to me, this is the high moment of human history. You know that? We, we think as time goes on, because of progress, things get better. No, the high moment of human history was God dying on the cross for us. Then he puts a stamp on it when he was raised from the dead. But without this, humans are toast. You know, there's just no overcoming. There's no way through it. We can't do it ourselves. This is the key right here. So when we say, repent of your sin, find new life, it's because of this. So in other words, when he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he was preaching his death in those words. He was calling us to this. You can pick up your cross daily because he went to the cross. Right? Broken body. Lord, we thank you for your willingness to go to the cross in our place. You're all sufficient sacrifice. No more sacrifice needed. You, the Son of God, dying on the cross, paid the full price. And your body was broken, it was bruised. As the Psalms say, beaten beyond recognition. We thank you for that. For doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. For doing for us what we did not deserve. We thank you for that. So this morning, Lord, we partake of the symbolism of your body of the sacrifice in our place. Let's partake together. And Lord, we know then that the key element was was the shedding of your blood. That there is no sin too great, no sin too deep, no sin too far gone, no sin done too many times. There is no sin at all that your blood does not cover. Because it is in your blood that we can truly repent for all of our sins. I thank you, Lord, for for digging into the dark corners of my life and bringing life there. Lord, even even though I have not been perfect, even though sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's a struggle, your blood covers my sins. So as we partake today, we partake in remembrance of our forgiveness through your blood. Let's partake together. If you would stand up on your feet, and just for a moment, before we pray for some people today, stand up on your feet and just worship Jesus. We thank you today. If you're here today and you're saying, I need to repent of sin, do so. I don't need you to come down front. We don't have to do anything like that. But where you are sitting... If you need to repent of sin, do so. If it's a sin for the hundredth time, repent. Then begin to ask for the help of the Holy Spirit to keep working the yeast through the dough of your life. Maybe if you have no sin to repent of, it's not a bad idea to say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sins.
For I am nothing without you. I can't do this without you. And I praise you today that you love me so much that you're willing to do whatever's necessary to see me saved. That's how much you love us. And I pray we live in that. We, we, we live in the spirit of repentance. We walk the way of the everlasting life. I pray each person finds abundant life in all the areas of your life. I pray specifically for people today that are struggling with something that they've been struggling with for a long time. Lord, give them hope. But I pray something new starts today as never before. I pray you give them wisdom how to deal with this. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit grips them like never before. I pray in our fervency of being after you and following you, Lord, this change happens that they've been struggling with. They're set free in Jesus' name. And we walk in the fulfillment of abundant life. We praise you for it. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you get on a mic and just sing a song for us, Chamberlain? I would like to, just some people that were in my heart today pray for. Can you give me a couple minutes to do that before we close? Uh, Briar and Casey, I thought I wanted to pray for you guys. Come on down here. Margaret, you join me. I want to pray for you. Come on down. Um, there was somebody else that was in my heart. Where's Mike? Oh, Mike. We wanted to pray for Mike. Hadn't been feeling good. Come on down, Mike. These were just some people that were dropped in my heart at service time today. But if you would like prayer, you don't need me to tell you to come down. You can come down. Okay. And we'll pray for you, whatever it is. We just want to spend a moment with each of these people. So if you want to stay where you're at, let's just worship just for a minute. And we'll just, I'm going to turn my mic off and just spend a moment with these guys. Okay. This world is not my own I'm here but for a moment It's all I've ever known This world is not my own This fight is not my own burdens on my future the empty tomb has shown I am bound for glory oh I'm free because I'm bound I'm bound for heaven's gates where my feet will stand on holy ground I am bound for glory the saving work is done and death is not my end
Where my feet will stand on holy ground, I am bound for glory. All my pain, hurt and shame, gone when Jesus calls my name. opportunity to come to your house today, worship you, spend time in scripture. I pray our hearts are challenged today. Grow us, unify us. Lord, I just pray as we're doing the things that we're doing, Lord, you continue to give us wisdom, strengthen us, open doors that, that we didn't even know were in front of us. But we will follow you, and Lord, I pray that we just do this together. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So uh, let me talk about the building, but I know Judah and Samara wanted to hear this. So if you want to grab your kids, I know it'll be spastic. They'll be running around, but I'll just give you a couple minutes on what's coming up on the building this week. So grab your kids. And if you want to hear about this, you can come back. If not, you can head home. We'll see you Wednesday night.